Welcome to the Let's Eat Grandma Career Warrior Podcast. And welcome to the Let's Eat Grandma Career Warrior Podcast, where our goal is not only to help you land your dream job, but to help you live your best life. Today, we're going to talk about confidence in the face of challenge and uncertainty. Why you will want to listen to this episode. Maybe you feel like rejection has gotten the better of you. You lack confidence, clarity, and presence in your job search. Or maybe you feel like it's time to take more calculated risks. My next guest is Andrew Wofford. He is an actor, storyteller, and entrepreneur born and raised right here in the great state of Texas. As a third-generation entrepreneur, he has business in his blood and has even started his first company at the age of 15. He studied acting at CalArts and has since then had his hand in many different projects, including production companies, educational outreach programs, music groups, and much more. As a good friend, I've known Andrew for 13 years and have seen him put his heart and soul into everything he does. I brought him on the Career Warrior podcast today because he is one of the most confident, present, and interesting people I know. Andrew will be sharing experiences from his own journey, including challenges and struggles. And we will draw parallels to the job search, showing you how to be confident in the face of challenge and adversity. So let's launch right into it with our 98th episode of the Career Warrior Podcast. All right, Andrew, how are you doing today? I'm great, man. I'm so happy to be here with you. It is such an honor to have you on the show, especially having to know, having known you for so long. Yeah. And uh, I really meant everything in the intro here. I'm not trying to flatter you. You are one of the most confident people I know. And, Thank you. Um, yeah, I just um, I just wanted to open up and ask you what your background is and and what are really some challenges you faced in your past as an entrepreneur, as a content creator. Uh, let's open up and hear about that. Yeah, absolutely. As you said, I, I started my first company when I was 15 years old. So. Um, Really, the the challenge that I had at that age was I was an artist and I wanted to do more plays that I resonated with. In high school, you know, you're getting cast in shows, uh, at least at our high school. Yeah. You know, we were doing older plays. I think we did some Sam Shepard. I played like a 35 year old man dealing with all these things. Or, you know, I talked to my friend Omri who had to play Reb Tevia, this old man who's you know dealing with all these things that we just hadn't dealt with at that time you know we weren't resonating with that so we'd never been married we're playing like these husbands right had like 10 kids right or you know talking about you know all of these things anyways um so i got with my friends uh good friend of mine uh, of ours will bondison um and i said hey man i said let's uh let's do this is our youth you know i love that play it's one of my favorites. Um, let's go do that together. Let's. Uh, I got a friend over at Johnson High School uh, who we had always competed in speech tournaments against. You know, her name is Rebecca Brown. I love her. One of my yeah. favorite actresses. Um, and I said, let's go get her. Uh, me, you, her. Let's each put in a few hundred bucks and uh, let's produce this play. And I'll, I'll go find a space that will give us the space for free. And and that's what I did. I, I found this woman who at the Rose Theater. You know, she saw us as. Three fifteen-year-olds about to turn sixteen, and um, she was like, "Yeah, come in this summer, and I'll, I'll let you do this here because you're the only kids that have ever asked me to have this space, and you want to do this thing." Okay, cool. Well, yeah, we went in there, and you know, we sold out almost every night, made you know a few grand, 
off a few hundred. Wow. Well, and when she saw that, she said, we need you back every summer. Yeah. Uh, and so it just expanded from there. The next summer we did another play. Summer after that, I had gotten into Cal Arts. Uh, Will got North Car- North Carolina School of the Arts. Rebecca had gotten into Boston University for acting. So we were all on our respective paths. So we came back every summer and we did uh, we did a play. We did a short film. Uh, we did an educational outreach program with NEISD, reaching you know 350 kids. I convinced NEISD to pay half of the kids' tuition for every kid that I got. You know, at 19 years old, uh, and Gosh. really that comes down to you know a lot of people are like, well, wh- what the hell? How did you do that? I said I just asked. Yeah, because the worst thing that could have said, you know, they could have said is, well, this is this is really great. Thank you for offering this, but we can't support you at this time. Yeah, and I would have figured it out either way. You know, uh, I think that comes down to the third generation entrepreneur. My yeah. grandfather told me he was like, you know, persistence will define you. Yeah. You know, yeah, and, and I'm glad you brought all that up. And one one thing I really want to get into during this episode is being persistent and being confident. And also, something you said earlier is just making sure that you have that clarity. I think we talked about that in our conversation, knowing right. what you're getting into. Um, but I just I just got to say, man, it's amazing that at such a young age, and and not to say that people that are starting this now, like it's you have to do this when you're young. Absolutely, but you've had this in your blood. Like that's right. incredible. And so it's, it's also, you know, knowing who your mentors are. My brother was a huge mentor of mine. I was 12 years old when he got into the Juilliard School for Acting. Yeah. Got into one of the most, uh, the, the hardest school to get into in the world at the time, you know, and was the fifth youngest kid ever to do it. So to say he st- set some high standards is uh, uh, an understatement. Yeah. So um, I used him, instead of trying to battle him or try to uh, outdo him, I used him as an asset. And I always ask them, well, you're doing this. How do, how, how do I continue to, right? Okay, what did you do? Okay, talking to people who have, my you had, dad. You had mentors. You had my dad always life. said, yeah. go to the people who have done it. Yeah. Go and talk to those people. Go work for those companies. Go be a part of that environment so that when you can come back and bring those, uh, bring those experiences with you and that will embolden the people that uh that you work with here because you'll be bringing that experience with you yeah and i took that to heart yeah that's beautiful man i want to talk in the context of the job search sure just to give you a point of reference a lot of our listeners are in the point of their lives where they're going through some sort of transition Mm -hmm. whether they're applying for jobs and getting rejected of course or they are just going through a rebranding so to speak where you know maybe i'm a sales guy and all of a sudden i want to get into tech right and those types of things um, it requires an incredible amount of confidence and persistence, of course. But for you in your history, how have you been able to boost or reboost your confidence during those times when you've needed it the most? Yeah, and I, I was just talking to a good friend of ours actually over lunch today about this. Because in the film world, in the acting world, yeah. I mean, they let you know very early on that uh, a tough skin is a must, that uh oh especially in that industry right oh my gosh we hear no all the time and uh that's something that we in our psyche have just gotten used to so i know quite a few people in my life that don't hear no very often and that hearing no affects their psyche deeper than it affects mine purely because i've had more experience with hearing no with no right specifically with getting told no no the rejection that's it and then me having to say, okay, well, I hear that you said no, but that clearly in my head doesn't mean 
that I can't get what I'd like. That just means I have to now maneuver in a different way. Yeah. And I think that goes to the confidence level of like, I know the value I bring. So if you don't see it right now, I'm going to reposition it, potentially not for you, but potentially for somebody else. Is like, how do I make myself valuable to this team? Right. Um, so for me, I always get my boosts of confidence from my team, cool. the people who I create with. Right. Uh, they go by good so people. Like your, your squad, your crew, the people you you, you yes. roll with typically. And and yeah. and literally, they they go by good people's. Yeah. And it's like that is a brand and an ideology that we subscribe to. We want to approach this life as a good person. And be good people. And, you know, I was just listening to Barack Obama. I had the privilege of listening to him speak. And his biggest advice was, you know, be kind and be useful. And those are huge ideologies that I think will really uh, set you apart in, a, in an interview, in any type of room. Yeah. If you can be kind, genuinely kind. And look at that person in the eye and they can feel your kindness. And then on top of that, you can show them how you can be useful. It's going to be a pretty difficult decision to say no to that. Yeah, guys, right? I, I know you're listening to this podcast. It, it sounds crazy, but guys, Andrew is not BSing you here. I've known him for 12 years. He's 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 saying the exact things that he does. He's a very kind uh, and servant-hearted individual who's like really, really really fantastic i feel drawn to him you know yeah 90 percent. that's very sweet of you but 90 percent of the jobs that i've gotten have come out of you know me putting love first yeah me doing something out of the kindness of my heart for somebody and them saying wow he really came through for me and then they tell somebody how i came through for them and then that affects you know, all of a sudden I'm in a room with that person and they go, wow. Oh, actually, so-and-so told me that you did this for them. Oh, man, this would be great. Let's bring you in uh, for this and that. Yes. Even things that I didn't even think I was even good enough for, <laughs> right? Sometimes self-sabotage is, you know, is a thing that we do. It's huge. It's yeah, huge. absolutely. Okay, so... <laughs> I do it all the time. Right. right. So I went in for... Uh, <laughs> for a job on a production set for a TV show. They were shooting a pilot. And uh, I didn't know anybody. I didn't know anybody on the sheet. I didn't know anybody before I went to go interview. And the guy I interviewed with, he looked at my resume, and I was going in for um, a PA job, which is the lowest rung, right? It's a production assistant. You're basically going to do whatever you can. Well, I was fresh out of CalArts. Guy looks at my resume, and he goes, oh, you went to CalArts. I said, yeah. He goes, I went to CalArts. I go, really? He goes, yeah. I was there in like 87. I go, whoa, I just graduated, you know, last year, 2014. Yeah. And he goes, what do you think about being a, I mean, we had a long conversation. We were talking about all the things I did at CalArts and da, da, da. And he goes, what do you think about being our production designer? I go, yeah, that, that'd be great. I just said yes. <laughs> wow. Okay. It paid more. I didn't think like, well, no, I, I'm not a production designer. I've never production designed anything. I just said yes. And then I production designed that project. Oh, my gosh. So, like, the, the commonality was, that, that triggered the conversation was the fact you went to the same school. Right. And, yeah. And then he saw, he was like, well, if you got that training, then I know 
I can bring you in for something other than a, a PA. And then he Bingo. called one of my teachers and had a conversation with that person. Yeah. And she was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. He's a go-to guy. He can pretty much, I mean, he's a utility guy is what they used to say, right? I can do, well, yeah, I can hang your lights or I, I could direct this show. I could, CalArts bred those type of yeah. artists. They want people who can be filmmakers, but who also, they want storytellers. This was yeah. the big thing. How can you uh, incorporate yourself into the storytelling process as a director, as a writer, as a as an actor, anything, a cinematographer? I mean, how many different ways can you help tell this story and how can we help you train in those things? So as much as I got um, a degree in acting and that's what you will see on my wall, right? That's where my degree is. I got a degree in storytelling in a lot of facets of storytelling. And that's what he saw in our conversation, Yes, yes. Right? I was relaxed enough yes. to be able to communicate with him on a human level and say, man, we're more connected than we think. And at the end of the day, that's what people want to hire. They want to hire people like, oh, man, I can come in and see you every day and know that we have a human connection that's not just business related yeah right yeah. oh well you can do something for me business wise aka you can make me money somehow yeah. no i want somebody still hiring people to this day oh my know? gosh yeah i want to be able <laughs> yeah. to celebrate yeah like if something big with this business happens or this company happens especially entrepreneurs with startups they want tight teams yeah people who they can rely on as people not just as employees yeah yeah, so uh, two beautiful things I think came out of that story for me. The first being the fact that, A, the commonality helped in your networking approach. We're always telling job seekers to use those commonalities to their benefit because people are human. They mm-hmm. want to connect. And in our last episode, our our guest talked about the concept of reaching out to people through LinkedIn you know you graduated from the same exact university because it says right there on the LinkedIn profiles. Right. Say, hey, we both graduated from X university together. I'd love to get to know more about such and such, get to know you. Um, and so your story is case in point about that type of connection. Um, yeah. You also brought something beautiful to light, which is the concept of transferable skills. Just because I have a degree in a specific thing or I have a specific experience I've had in the past – does not put me in a box saying that I have to have that next job. It's saying there are transferable skills for you. It's a, I'm a storyteller and those types of things like I think translate so beautifully and well. Yeah. So. And I, I'll tell you right now, the idea of being a storyteller has gotten me jobs that I never would have thought I would have, you know, like I had a staffing company come up to me that staffed conventions for fortune 500 companies. And now they hire me to work for major brands like apple samsung um adobe and i stand on stages and i interact with technology in front of people at a convention never in my mind would i have ever thought that would be a way i could make money but all of a sudden this opportunity came to me right through somebody i loved dearly and who i had helped dearly throughout time and they said andrew you'd be perfect for this this is right up your alley They'll give you a little script. You'll talk about a product for about 30 minutes. You do a yeah. show every 30 minutes at this convention. They'll fly you out. They'll do all this stuff. I never would have thought that that was even a job that I could have applied for with the degree I had if it wasn't for somebody saying, oh, Andrew, I know you. I know yeah. you can do this. So reaching out to these people that know you, right? Who's ready to go to bat for you? Yeah. Right? Yeah. 
those are the those are the most important things of finding those people um you know in the acting world for all those actors out there you know those are casting directors right you want to have as many of those casting directors on your side because those are the people who are going to determine who you know brings you in i you got to have those people that are ready to go to bat for you and ready to go to war with you bingo at a whim's notice right like those are the people who will get you that work and uh it's important to know who that team is Andrew, I want to get into rejection just a little bit more, just because I we had a meetup last night and someone said that they they put out five hundred job applications, they got nothing. And for me, that's that sounds like a really tough thing to go through. Uh, in your experience, what have been the best ways you've dealt with rejection in the past, especially as someone who's dealt with a lot of it? Yeah, uh, rejection comes on all different levels, right? There are things that you really wanted and didn't come through. That rejection hits you harder than other rejections, yeah. right? So for me, I really had to understand my psyche of rejection. Why were certain rejections hitting me harder than other rejections? And I had to do a lot of writing about that because I find when I just think about things or when I, they're just in my conscious brain, they almost seem somehow less attainable than when I actually physically write them down. Yeah. I can actually see them and I can build action lines based off of this. When you say writing, you're referring to journaling. Journaling or, or any type of – yeah, journaling is probably the best term for that. Sometimes uh, when I hear journaling, I think of um, – like long form writing and a lot of the time it's not that for me sometimes it looks more like note taking i write dashes and just a thought and then sometimes or sometimes i'll write a thought i'll draw a circle around it and then from those like i'll draw a line out and i'll say well what's a byproduct of this thought yeah i have this thought but then i here's all the ways i here's everything i feel about that thought and so then i create this graph that are all the feelings that i have about this thing And then based on that, I'll do some writing that's a little bit more long form on how these thoughts and these feelings work into my goals. Because really, we have dreams, right? As people, we dream that we can do these things. Dreams are the the unconscious mind. And when we put those dreams onto paper, we're making them conscious goals, And when we have conscious goals, then we have action lines that we can actually follow to attain our dreams. Dreams are the unconscious, goals are the conscious. Right. Right? And we're trying to balance those things and bring them together. So really, the way I deal with rejection is I go back to these goals. And I keep reminding myself of those things, why I'm doing these things in the first place. Right? And then my second step, is I go to good peoples, my people, right? Good peoples is my crew, especially in Los Angeles. Uh, and we talk together about our goals, yeah. about our dreams. Yeah. Because we talk about them like we will achieve them together, right? That together we're much more powerful than we are individually, right? As a unit, we can come together and create things much easier than we could ever as, as an individual. 
that goes back to my storytelling in the beginning. I knew I couldn't do a one-man show. I had to go get Will. I yeah. then had to go get Rebecca. And yeah. then I had a play that was three people. Well, I couldn't fund it by myself. Right. We needed exactly. to all fund it. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So these go back to my goals. Well, I have these people, right? And if the more people that know what I want to do and how I want to do it and the companies I want to work for or the, the impact I want to make, well, then the more chance you have of somebody going to bat for you. Yeah. Right? I've told so many people about my dreams and people, some people accept that and some people don't. Right. And you surround yourself with the people that do. Yeah. Cause I'm tired and I shouldn't say I'm tired. I should just say I'm done connecting with people over negativity. Yeah. Man, absolutely. today, today sucks. Right. Well, no, I don't think today, today is great. You know what I'm saying? The positive mindset yeah. that says, look, yeah, yeah. if this isn't it, if this person decides at this company that, you know, uh, there's a better option for them, send them love. Yeah. Because in the acting world, it's so you're going to walk into auditions and you're going to see 10, 15, 20 other people there that look kind of similar to you. Right. In, in in that industry, they're going for a certain look. Right. In the business world, they might be going for a certain mindset. Or they're going for a certain area of expertise, yeah. right? So I have friends that I go in for a job and I see them. Well, they book. Well, do, what do I do? I take them out for a drink because they just booked. We should celebrate them, yeah. right? We shouldn't be mad at them or be aggressive or give them a cold shoulder it's like I remember I went in. This God, is a, that's this is the, this is amazing. This by is the way. perfect story that I have for this type of mentality. I went in for the L.A. Opera. The L.A. Opera. Um, it was for a small role in a big show. So, you know, we were working with Franco Zeffirelli, one of the most foremost directors of our, you know, uh, that were that was alive at the time. Um, Placido Domingo, I mean, like some huge opera stars. Now, it wasn't a singing role and it wasn't even a speaking role, right? But the whole thing revolved around a wedding that was happening. And I was going in for the groom of the wedding. Now, they lined up 50 men in a room and they just said, start talking to the guy next to you. So we all start talking and then they go, after about five minutes, they go, okay, uh, this guy. And they pointed to some random guy at the end. And then they pointed to me and they said, you two stay, everyone else leave. Okay. Everyone left. Then they brought in about 50 women and they, they stood me and this guy up with every woman. Right. And then they called two women out and it was just the four of us sitting in this room. And then they released us. Well, the guy was very nice and I was very nice to him. The girls were not so nice to each other. You could tell that there was this level of competition between them. And I remember... I was like, I just don't feel that way towards this guy. And like, I, you know, I was like, hey, man, you want to walk out together? And he was like, yeah, sure. So, <laughs> you know, the girls had already left and um, we're walking out together and we're in the elevator and uh, it's kind of quiet. And I go, man, I go, there's like a there's like 150 people that are going to get cast in this. And he's like, yeah, I know it's a lot. And I was like, what's the chances that whether you get this role or I get this role, that we both get booked on this show because we fit, we fit the world. And he goes, man, he goes, I don't know, but I like you a lot more now than I did when we got into this elevator, <laughs> you know, cause I immediately, and he ended up booking it 
And I booked another role in that show. Right? The idea was I showed him love mm-hmm. from the moment. Mm-hmm. I knew mm-hmm. he was my only competition. Right? And it's so easy in the business world. People oh, yeah. are told, man, that's your competitor. If you're not winning, you're losing. Right. And I just shared a story that is very clear. Yeah. Neither of us lost. Yeah. I Some of my favorite podcast guests actually are technically competitors in my space like believe it or not like am i am i interviewing them on the podcast because i see them as you know someone i'm competing with absolutely not we're gaining exposure uh for both of our businesses in an industry that is not well known the resume writing service we're letting other people know and career coaching as well that this exists so I think it's people got to stop being so negative. First of all, that's one of the best messages I've heard. Right. Um, they need to be positive and show love, show respect and not take things so personally. I think that's huge. Right. So for the job search for people who are getting turned down. So let's say they have an interview with two other people they're quote unquote competing against. Um, they got to stop, got to stop thinking like, they're getting something taken away from them when the other person gets the job. Exactly. Yeah. Because I'll tell you this right now. I've had friends who have gone in for big career jobs at major companies, okay? And they've gone against their friends for these roles. And their their love for each other and their support for each other stayed the same when one got the job and one didn't, Right. It could have easily changed. There could have easily been animosity, but there wasn't. And what happened is great. The person who got the job after six months of being there got that other person a job in a different department. Beautiful. Was able to, from the go. inside, yep. say, I understand that this person didn't get this job, didn't get my job, but let me tell you, they're valuable. And here's how they're valuable. Anybody who can communicate your value is going to be beneficial for you. Yeah. So how many people can you get that understand you enough to communicate your value? Yeah. One of the best things I think that you have that some people may not have on the show is is the concept of a network. And you, you said squad. I think that's like your crew, your good peoples. But to try to broaden it out there, it's, it's your network. How How do I go about strengthening my network or finding out more people if if I may not have the strongest network. A good mentor of mine would always remind me that your network is your net worth. And that has been my motto. My network determines how much money I make. Who I know, who knows me. Because so many people say, oh man, it's just who you know. Ah, I didn't get it because I didn't know anybody. Right. And that guy or that lady, whoever you talk to that sent 500 applications in, I would go ahead and bet they knew nobody and nobody knew them from those companies. Okay. My biggest thing and the biggest shift that I've made is creating lasting, genuine human relationships with people. And those are the most prosperous 
with no intention of anything other than creating a genuine relationship. Because no side s- motive, no nothing. like I'm doing this because I want to get something from no, it. No, yeah, it's yeah. purely a genuine connection with another human being. And you're not going to be able to create those with everyone. But the people you do create them with, and the more you can create them, the better the opportunity is that when they have an opportunity, they're going to go, the first people they're going to think of are, oh man, who are the people that I have genuine connections with and that I would like to work with? Amen, brother. Amen. What a great way to, what a great way to put that, man. Um, I, I love, I love the theme you put on the show and I don't know whether you did it intentionally or not, but these are some of the things that I've tried to articulate in the past, but I think you've done it better than any other episode we've done, which is being able to go out and put out value without expectation of things in return. Right. Um, and just to, to trust and let go and to, to really be a true servant, be a servant heart. Yeah. I'd like to think about, and just in closing, I like to think about, uh, you know, we're, we're both San Antonio Spurs fans. So it's a little bit hard for me to make this analogy, but I truly believe it. Um, That's like Kobe Bryant. Mm -hmm. He talks about it, too. Um, He talks about putting in all the work in the gym every day, right? Going in there, being the first one in, last one out, right? Having this mentality. He calls it the Mamba mentality, right? Uh, So that when he goes in to play in a game, he does not think about anything. He relieves himself of all of those thoughts and he opens himself up to play to his fullest. So when you go into that, that room to interview, you have to be ready to play. Okay. You can't be thinking about all the work that you were doing up until this point. You got to just be smooth with it, ready to play. I remember I told the story, you got to be observant. When you walk in, I saw, I was interviewing this guy, had a uh, picture of the uh, the Lakers on his wall. Well, you know, he goes, tell me about yourself. Well, I told him, blah, 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 about, you know, who I am, what's up. And then I ended with, and I'm a Spurs fan. <laughs> he loved that. He loved that I was observant enough to see something in his room and create a human connection with him right away. Yeah. Right. That bonded us. Yeah. So even if he didn't hire, if he hired me, great. Well, over coffee, we could be talking about the NBA because we have a mutual thing. Yeah. Right. So being observant right when you walk into these rooms is so important and um, really be ready to deliver. Yeah. You know, my mom always her quote is deliver on the promise. Yep. Right. Deliver what you want to deliver that will explain your value. Yeah. And if you can do that. If they don't give you the job, it's not right for you. There's another one that's sitting right there waiting for you. Just go get it. What a great way to put a cap on this. Thank you for being on the show. It's it's it's, it's a true blessing and an honor. And I want people to know how they could get in touch with you or follow you and, and figure out your work. But what's 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 the deal with that? Man, it's so it's so interesting. Like uh if you're interested, I'm a photographer. Yeah. So if you're interested in my photography, um, you can go onto my Instagram. Uh, that's at Andrew Wofford. Um, I'm sure you'll see the, the the actual spelling of my name on this on the site, but it's simply just my name. Uh, you're more than welcome to you know look at my work through there or contact me through there. Um, that's where I talk to most of the people that are are looking to get in contact, but. Yeah. Uh, yeah, or through Chris. I mean, you know, via you. If somebody contacted you, you know, and was like, "Hey, I really loved this thing with Andrew. 
uh, I'd like to get his information. I'm sure we can have a conversation about that, and I'd be more than happy to get in contact with our listeners here. For sure, yeah. And I, send Andrew a, send Andrew a message if you're going through something. If you're please, if you're feeling like like you're dealing with some sort of issue or just want to talk about the episode, I'm sure he'd love to to respond to that. And for yeah. all of you listeners who are jogging or driving, of course, we want to make sure you're safe. <laughs> so I'll put Andrew's Instagram link at the description of yeah. this podcast, whether you're listening through Spotify or yeah. Apple. And just realize, I mean, we can, you know, I also have a Facebook and I also have a LinkedIn. So uh, I'll give you those links as well. Cool. All right, Andrew, you've been a great guest. Thanks for being on the show. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Perfect. And this concludes our Let's Eat Grandma Career Warrior podcast. Wow, such a heavy-hitting episode, and we haven't had one of these in a long time, and I think it's about time we delve into the psychology of rejection and confidence and all of that because it is such an important part of your job search. For all of you who are actionable, I also like to keep things as actionable as possible. I task each one of you warriors to go out there and find one person to send love to with absolutely no ulterior motive. And bonus points, if this is someone who is a quote-unquote enemy or someone who you're competing against, I will give you bonus points for that. But go out, find one person to send love to and to put that love out in the universe with no expectation of anything in return. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you, this is the way to go in your job search. Another side recommendation would be to continue on with what Andrew said. If you're not a journaler, if you kind of keep things bubbled up on the inside, I would encourage you to get outside your comfort zone and to write something out that may be bothering you or stressing you out. Maybe it's a rejection you just had. And two, to connect with a fellow crew member, someone who you can rely on and trust. So if you don't know who your crew is, maybe that's something you should journal as well and something you should get clarity on. So, so much amazing, actionable stuff we got from this episode. And I can't wait to hear where your progress is in your job search. Send me a request on LinkedIn as well. I'm Chris Villanueva, CPRW, which I'll include in the description as well. So this concludes our episode. Please go out, be warriors, and I'll see you next time. And for more on your job search, make sure to check out letseatgrandma.com. That's where you can find our blog, where we post the podcast show notes and so many more articles that will help you in your job search. You can also check out our resume services if you are interested in getting your resume professionally reworked. And please make sure to show us some love by jumping onto iTunes and leaving us a rating. The support from my fellow warriors will show the world how great this podcast is and help other people in their job search. Pay it forward. Thanks, guys, for being true warriors, and thank you for tuning in. I'll see you next week.